Hey there, welcome to Mind Body Health. This is the medical program here on KZYX. We are going to move right along. My name's Cobb, I'm engineering in the studio, and today's show is the Mind Body Health Show with your host, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Welcome, Good morning, Marvin. Um, Good morning. Um, everybody's going to learn something from this show. Um, Dr. Ortega is uh, my dentist. Um, he knows everything about the mouth and what it does with your body. Everybody can learn something from this show. Um, so listen up. Um, first of all, I'll ask Dr. Ortega, how did you get to Ukiah? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here this morning, Dr. Trotter. Um, I got to Ukiah. I was in private practice on the Central Coast for about 20 years. And uh, anyway, an opportunity came up to become a director of the Mendocino Community Health Clinic Dental Department. Oh, really? And so it was a interesting change in career, a good change in career. And it brought me to an area I didn't know. And here I am 22 years later. Well, the MCHC Clinic is a big thing. My gosh, that's a... They, they see a lot of patients there. They do. A, they provide a tremendous service to the community on so many levels and in so many sites. So it's a fabulous resource for the healthcare community. Well, I'm pleased that you're in private practice at Mendo Smiles. How long have you been in private practice? Uh, since 2003 and uh, there. So uh, it's been a... A few moons. It's been, and it's been, <laughs> and it's a busy practice. Um, so I'd like to just, first of all, just to ask you a couple of basic questions and start with, I'm, I'm surprised sometimes when I see children uh, with bad teeth, and I didn't think that you could get into trouble until you're 18. Well, it is, uh, dental caries is the largest unmet health need in the world, but also in the United States. And, uh, and the, uh, the problem can start as early as the mother inoculating the child with a kiss on the mouth. And, and so you're seeding the child's mouth with the mother's germs. So uh, it all starts very early, but ultimately it's uh, basically what you eat, when you eat it, and how you take care of it. And uh, that starts for early health uh, for children when their teeth come in you want to start rubbing them with a warm cloth to get them used to uh, somebody messing with their teeth um, you just start good early habits you know the one thing that we worked on at public health when I was there was we got um, health insurance for all the kids it didn't matter who you were in the county of Mendocino public health and uh, some hard working people uh, Kristen Gardner and others got um, health care for all the kids. And what mystified me is that three or four uh, times the money was spent on dental care it was an, as it was medical care for the under 18-year-old kids. And there's just, a, there's just a tremendous need. And it goes uh, a lot... Um, deeper uh, than just keeping your teeth clean. We've got uh, the social fabric that has changed. Uh, kids may have the same food at one house, but not at another house. Uh, there may be so many time constraints that kids 
can't eat properly or don't eat properly or don't clean properly or don't brush properly. There are so many societal factors now that go into um, oral health care for kids. When do, when, do, when do children should start seeing a dentist? Well, you know, when their teeth come in, you can come, they can come in with their parents and they can go for a ride in the chair. You really want kids to have a super, super experience. <laughs> you want to start good habits, good uh, positive experiences. You don't want the first time they see a dentist to come in and, and you have to deal with a toothache on a little kid because okay. they're already distressed. Uh, it's a bigger issue. So I was on the Redwood Valley Water Board when we tried to get uh, fluoridation, and I thought that we were trying to bring communism to um, you know, um, the you know Houston. Um, I was shocked, um, and then I found out that the large majority of large cities have been vac- uh, fluoridated for a long time, and Hillsburg's been fluoridated for 50 years. But it's still quite the discussion. Um, and the other thing was, I was surprised that just naturally occurring fluoride in the water uh, in the Russian River was three-fourths of the strength it needed to be. But little kids should use fluoride toothpaste like everybody else yes yes they they shouldn't ingest it but just topically in the fluoride on the surface of their teeth um to get the biggest benefit from fluoride it's when the permanent teeth are developing uh starting around age one uh two while those permanent teeth are developing it actually changes the enamel chemically to a much harder enamel and resistant to the acids that can destroy it okay i thought you were going to say seven or eight I thought no, their permanent teeth are actually uh, their first permanent teeth come in around age six, but that enamel is forming early on, much earlier than six. It's the enamel is fully formed at six because they're through the gums, the first right. set of teeth. Fascinating. Okay, so fluoridate earlier, and it makes the teeth harder and better. Fascinating. By the way, I I want you to know that um, dentists are uh, architects. The, I mean, uh, engineers, uh, artists, uh, doctors, and everything else. It's amazing how um, they can take anybody's mouth and, and make something beautiful out of it. I was, I've had that experience recently. Um, so, um, now you're an adult, and I've heard you should either floss or die. And there's 69 different little plastic tips out there to put in your mouth now. And I've tried them all, being some ADD part of myself and my Prius in the mornings. Do you have any insight as to which brush, pick, or flossing material? Well, first of all, a soft or an extra soft brush is the way to go. You never want to use a hard or a medium brush because you can actually physically damage the gums and the... Uh, the tooth structure. No kidding. I thought the harder the better. So soft or extra soft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, basically, uh, whatever is comfortable for the individual that they actually use to clean in between the teeth, because something is better than nothing. So whatever works, some people have uh, uh, agility problems, uh, other things. And so the whatever product works for them is the product for them to use. Hmm. I have a question, uh, Doctor okay. Ortega. Um, 
One of the things that surprised me in an article I read maybe 20 years ago was um, having um, atherosclerosis of your coronary arteries depend upon your um, dental infections and stuff. That you actually there's there's a whole systemic um, issue with dental work. Well, it's uh, not so much with dental work, but the whole oral systemic connection. Um, back in the uh, late 80s, and I don't know why it was the, in particular the Pima Indians in the Gila River Valley in Arizona, but they they there were a lot of studies done on them, uh, mostly in relation to diabetes. And what they determined is they took a control group. There, there were many studies done, but the one that was relevant to our conversation was that half the people received uh, a deep dental cleaning and the other half did not. And they were all uh, diabetics. And the the ones that had the deep cleaning and oral hygiene instruction only compared to the control control group that did not have anything done there was about a 10 to 25 percent betterment of their uh of their blood sugar scores say that one more time an improvement of 10 to 25 percent of their blood sugar scores after scaling and root planing as the only treatment and oral hygiene structure wow. is the only treatment well um it's it's uh, fascinating to me that your whole uh, inflammatory system in your body changes depending upon what's going on in your mouth well the the thing that uh the the biggest deal with inflammation is periodon chronic periodontitis and as a chronic disease you may not necessarily have a lot of symptoms until it's advanced uh if you can envision uh, if you had an infection the size of the palm of your hand you would be concerned mm -hmm. But that's about the size of a full-mouth periodontal infection is the size of the skin on the palm of your hand, except you can't see all of that. So, that, you know, if, if, you, if your hand were bleeding, you would be concerned. Um, so anyway, there are this whole Indian uh, Native American study back in the late 80s uh, started a lot of research, and then in the 90s, uh, they pulled out an atherosclerotic plaque uh, that contained Fusobacterium nucleatum uh, that was previously thought to be only an oral bacteria. And so that, uh, connect that made the connection that the bacteria in the mouth do migrate through the blood into the other organ systems. And, and you had mentioned inflammation. There was a, a cover article in Time magazine some years ago, and it was about inflammation and the damage, the, all the chronic illnesses that chronic inflammation really causes. What happens in my limited explanation is that your body is trying to fight this chronic infection of the gum, so it's sending all of its armies with all of its chemical weapons to your mouth but it doesn't just stay in your mouth it goes through the other organs oh. and the chemical nature of that inflammatory process damages other okay. organ systems that, that makes sense so it's not so much that it's um your body is fighting your mouth 
and in causes this inflammatory body-wide experience. Right. And okay. for example, the, the chemical nature of the inflammatory process, as, as all those cells go through your body, for example, the islets of Langerhans uh, that produce insulin are very sensitive to those chemicals, so they can be damaged. And that's how one of the direct relationships between diabetes and periodontal okay. disease. To me, I don't know if the listeners understand this, but this is fascinating pathophysiologically to me that the bacteria in your mouth and inflammation can affect the the cells that produce insulin in your pancreas. That's just um, extraordinary how integrated our bodies are. Well, I have it's, a question for us both. Okay. Well, right. Uh, before I get into it, I'm just going to say again that this is the Mind Body Health Show. Uh, you're listening on KZYX Radio, and uh, our host is Dr. Marvin Trotter, and our guest today is Dr. Uh, am I pronouncing this right? Dr. Or- Ortega? Yes, Ortega. Robert Ortega. Robert Ortega, a dentist. And I'm wondering if we can just step back for a little bit, Dr. Ortega and, and Marvin. You often ask, you know, their personal history, so maybe we could get some of that coming to the county and working, but also what inspires you to be a dentist in the first place? Good point. Well, it was one of those uh, decisions that I actually made early on. Um, I wanted to go into healthcare. I was, uh, my parents uh, were immigrants. Child, they would take me to their medical appointments, and I would translate for them, and uh, made me want to go into healthcare. And uh, early age, really not not knowing anything that dentistry was what I wanted to do, uh, and uh, it was a fortuitous decision. <laughs> so, um, and I just did all my uh, pre dental, pre med. Uh, prerequisites got into three of the four dental schools in the state and chose the one I felt was best and been doing dentistry for a long time and I still love it. You know, it's, it's what's fascinating to me is how many immigrant children overachieve or whatever, you know, whatever how, whatever phrase you want to call it, that my father came from a very poor family and just, you know, became a lawyer or CPA when nobody in his family got past the third grade. Yeah, and that's uh, that's sort of the beauty of America, yep. you know. That's mm-hmm. what has you know whether no matter what your opinions may be, it really the immigrant uh, has made this country very strong. Yeah. So I have another question, okay. which is just real basic for us. What is dentistry? What's going on in our mouths? Can you tell everyone the story of our, our teeth development? Well, it's a little, yeah, a little roadmap of what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, just that overall picture. Question. Well, okay. Um, it is one of the portals in and out of the body. It is the second largest microbial community in the body after the uh, the intestines. Uh, um, so we've got a lot of microbes. That's just that's a big part of it. Um, it is the mouth consists of the soft 
tissues that make up the lips, the cheek, um, the muscles of mastication, the chewing muscles, uh, the teeth, of course. Uh, the supporting structure of the teeth are the gums, the bone, and the uh, attachment apparatus, which includes a ligament. And um, and that's the what's called the periodontium or around the teeth. Of course, there's the tongue, which is by uh, by size the strongest muscle in the body, uh, because of the intertwining of uh, eight different muscles. There's uh, salivary glands. Um, you have all sorts of sensors: heat, cold, uh, proprioception, which is the orientation in space. Uh, there's a lot going on in the mouth. And as a dentist, that's your whole area of expertise. It's that's not just our the teeth, baby. but your mouth, a person's mouth. All. So, so for the longest time, people felt that dentists were just tooth mechanics. And we are um, doctors of the mouth. We, as part of our regular uh, protocol for examinations, we do oral cancer examinations. Um, we, of course, check the gums and check the teeth. But uh, part of our realm is to do uh, oral cancer exam soft tissue examinations to make sure that there isn't anything there that shouldn't be there. So it's just not about teeth, and it's just not about gums. It's it's sort of like you have ophthalmologists and ENT doctors, and you also have dentists. Yeah, yeah, we're just different different specialties, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I have kind of a, a question just based in my own training and ignorance, but, you know, I, I grew up with this image in my mind, probably TV-related, you know, Old West of people getting their teeth pulled, and that's pretty much the only option, and barely anyone brushes their teeth, and, like, how old is that stereotype and that stigma, and and what is the relationship to reality there? Well... The, the reality is if you don't brush, you're going to have problems. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. Eventually, it'll catch up to you. It is, uh, well, I, there has been a lot of information uh, in the recent past that showing about prevention, and, and dentistry has always been about prevention. Certainly, we have to fix things. Uh so uh, it is an older stereotype, and there are so many different options other than removing a tooth. Certainly, that in a given situation, that may be the best or only option, but there are so many options depending on what, how early you catch a problem. Uh, personally, I got hit by a baseball playing Little League when I was a teenager and didn't think anything of it. And 30 years later, I got an implant for my right front tooth. Um, and it was um, quite a process, but I was shocked at how um, almost miraculous uh, my tooth looks, and you can't tell the difference. And it's it's really, again, it's sort of like high-tech engineering. I don't know what you want to call but it's not about just pulling teeth. Um, I wanted to ask you about meth mouth. Mm. Methamphetamines wait, is my... Wait, before we go into oh, there, okay. just building on this basic picture of our mouth okay. structure, okay. and you were saying uh -huh. it's primarily a, a preventative approach that is dental care for people, and that, it sounds like the foundation of that is good oral habits in terms of brushing and flossing. Is that correct? 
and eating and regular cleanings mm -hmm. and uh, and being careful what you do. I mean, uh, chewing ice. I mean, I, I was a culprit. I chewed ice, broke a tooth, needed to have an implant, you know, so I've, you know, I, I learned my lessons the hard way sometimes too. Um, but there's, it's, a, the mouth is a system and you really sort of need to um, treat it as the system. And not only do you clean your teeth, you clean your gums, you know, it's, uh, but prevention is only part of it. You know, once you get to a certain point, you need to fix it and then you need to maintain it. Um, so it's, it's a lot of different things, depending on what stage you catch a, a given problem. So Ideally, as, as prevention as, is the best. Well, and, and on that prevention, because that's where, you know, our listeners today are going to, you know, without costing them much money or or dental visits to begin with it sounds like that's very empowering and you're telling us um a soft bristled toothbrush is great and not to use medium or hard bristles um and then i'm wondering about flossing uh flossing is very important that's the only real way well i take it back there's all sorts of devices as dr trotter had mentioned to clean in between the teeth so the floss will clean the surface where the teeth teeth touch shoulder to shoulder and as you bring it into the space down the gums you're also cleaning the gums um, and and uh, stimulating them. There are little devices called soft picks or other devices that will help clean in between the teeth also. Um, flossing is one of those things that they've done studies that will be that will uh, extend your life because you're actually as you clean the teeth you're decreasing the microbial load that is in the mouth that your body has to fight. Um, so so that, it is very important. So that's the whole point of the that part is the my you, you mentioned earlier that the microbial population in the mouth is second only to the intestinal part right. of our body and right. so the prevention is we're keeping that microbial population more or less at bay or down or reducing it on a regular basis it, yes, it's all that, but it's also uh, the microbial community uh, is uh, sort of a, a city of layers. And the ones that live deepest don't require uh, oxygen. They're anaerobic. Uh, and it's not just bacteria. It's viruses. It's fungi that all uh, live in the mouth. Uh, but what happens is uh, there's a term called uh, dysbiosis where uh, there's an imbalance of the microbial balance in your in, uh, 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 a disruption of the microbial balance. So when you have uh, too many of uh, certain types of bacteria, they will cause problems because they can. It's uh, there are oftentimes opportuni opportunistic bacteria or uh, microorganisms so if they have the opportunity to create a problem they will uh, and that's when you start having more problems in the mouth if you start uh, developing um, anaerobic bacteria that are very damaging um, just um, as an aside as an yeah. aside uh, there's been a lot of research lately about periodontal disease and cognitive decline <laughs> and um 
So remember Al Capone, he died of syphilis and and they caught him in taxes. Well, so uh, he had tertiary syphilis and syphilis is a bacterium from a spirochete, a treponema. And so this is a long-winded story, but uh, there is a type of bacteria called Porphyromonas gingivalis, and they have found that that has a relationship uh, between cognitive health and oral health. And this, we're going to call it uh, PG, um, mm. so I don't have to pronounce that horribly long name too often. Sure. Um, so uh, it's a spirochete. And uh, spirochetes can cross the blood-brain. It is related to a spirochete. Let me back this up. It is oftentimes in the mouth related to a spirochete. And the reason I reference Al Capone is that he is, the spirochetes from his syphilis went through the blood-brain barrier and created tertiary syphilis, which is ultimately what killed him. But what I'm getting at is the spirochetes can cross the blood-brain barrier. And this particular PG bacteria uh, can create a toxin that uh, damages that blood-brain barrier and allows... Uh, this particular bacteria to go into the brain and this brain and then it is associated with protein uh, amyloid and tau particles which have been associated with alzheimer's and uh 90 percent of the diagnosed cases of alzheimer's have found these ginger pains these toxins in the brain think about this so the connection to the mouth is can you spell that out then with with the this toxin in the brain and the syphilis in the mouth well uh the syphilis is sort of an aside because yeah. it's general category of uh the spirochetes in oh okay so that was the example right yeah but the spirochetes in the mouth are often associated with this pg this porphyromonas gingivalis which it, it has been linked to uh the protein formation in alzheimer's oh, so wow. the 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 toxin they're called gingipanes g-i-n-g-i-p-a-i-n-s mm-hmm because the the point here is that the blood brain barrier is supposed to keep the blood the brain sterile. That's mm. what when you get meningitis, you've had bacteria or whatever get into the meninges or the fluid right. fluid Cause brain. swelling. And in so the brain. there's if the principal cause of dementia may be a spirochete like organism from the mouth crossing the blood brain barrier, which is very hard to do, and it sets wow. up this inflammatory protein laying. Thus, that experiment you mentioned earlier in which we're connecting good oral care and oral cleaning habits to prevention of illnesses like Alzheimer's or potentially diabetes or that kind of thing. Right. Right. Got right. it. Okay, now I'm following you a little more. And then, just as in related to the intestinal tract, are there good 
microbes for the mouth, oh, like probiotics yeah, there, for the all mouth? all sorts of, well, you know, uh, there's lots of healthy, healthy uh, bacteria that are beneficial. And uh, some of them help reduce our risk of heart disease and cognitive impairment. Uh, they aid in digestion. Um, they also help produce nitric oxide, which is important for regulating blood pressure and uh, metabolic and uh, cardiovascular regulation and, and improving uh, cardiac function or cognitive function rather oh wow and um so again what about flossing how often should people floss how- you know if you do a good job once a day is good oh got it brush twice floss once Mm-hmm. Smile a lot. Mm-hmm. Smile a lot. There you go. And I think the I think the thing that I would put in there also is that have a checkup. You know, you 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 take your car to the mechanic, you get your oil changed, but you really should have your mouth looked up at least once a year, if not twice Absolutely. a year, because finding the stuff early on is the best thing in the world. Well, and and on that note, as you maybe elaborate for us on what a regular checkup is like dr ortega could you also explain the importance of regular cleanings by a dentist and what that's doing for us because they do a lot of mechanical cleaning well it's important so if if this uh i'm going to go back to this uh biofilm uh microbial Mm -hmm. level so the Crest people, the Crest toothpaste people have made us very much aware of the term plaque. Well, basically, that is a biofilm, a living organism, and that forms in our mouths all the time. They, it starts forming almost immediately after you brush, but it, it, uh, the bacteria colonizes, and the longer it stays on the teeth, the more acid the bacteria create, the more problems they, they create, and the call bigger colonies. So uh, then these colonies begin to mineralize with the uh, minerals in our saliva, and they form tartar or calculus. So if you can eliminate the plaque, while it's soft, you're going to have much less calculus and you're going to have much less mechanical cleaning or scraping or scaling is the term uh, from your dental hygienist or your dentist. Interesting. Uh, I'll tell you, I had someone do a meticulous job cleaning my teeth when I go into Dr. Ortega's office. She is, uh, I wish I could think of her name right now. But Ariana, I think. Ariana. Um, it is amazing how much better you feel when you leave the office. You feel like you, you know, you're mm-hmm. got armor on. Well, I have a question. When we're talking about microbes in the mouth, you mentioned you know aerobic microbes and anaerobic microbes being in the deep layer. Is that plaque layer something that separates those, and that's partly the benefit of eliminating? Well, it's not it? so much plaque layers; it's just layers of microbial colonies. Okay, and, got it. And the okay. and the sort of the waste products of the colonies and the food for those colonies. It's all part of plaque. Okay, and then you know another part that I know of. That Dennis recommend is fluoridated toothpaste and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marvin you brought up fluoride earlier and fluoride in drinking yeah. water systems and it's certainly something that's been controversial amongst people and can you just touch on fluoride and how that interacts with our tooth system 
So fluoride, when it is ingested, uh, typically when you're a child, it in the right concentrations, it will change uh, the the enamel that is forming chemically from something called hydroxyapatite to something called fluorohydroxyapatite, which is much, much harder and much more resistant to the acids and deterioration in the mouth. And there are optimal uh, parts per million of fluoride, um, and that's the ingested fluoride. And uh, the topical fluoride is what they will do at your dentist's office, um, and they put it on after the cleaning, and it will do a couple of things. It provides some uh, desensitization benefits. It will provide a, a, a layer of topical fluoride from the standpoint of uh, cavity prevention uh, or, or desensitizing. So it, it's a surface treatment that can be beneficial. The biggest benefit is when those teeth are, are forming and you're able to get the fluoride into the enamel. Um, there's another kind of fluoride now that we are able to use in the United States called silver diamine fluoride. Uh, and that was, uh, I believe it was developed in, in Israel, but it's been used, this particular formulation, um, but it's been used in the world for literally centuries. Silver has been used as a, as an antimicrobial for centuries. Um, the -hmm. thing with, uh, fluoride or, or, um, silver diamine fluoride, the diamine is a, is a, a base, an alkaline, uh, so it negates the acidity of the bacteria, uh, of the uh, acidity that the bacteria produce. And then the fluoride helps recharge the tooth structure to help prevent decay. So this has been a boon for us. They've used it in Japan in its similar form for 80 years. We've been able to use it in this country about five, six years. Uh, it's a liquid. It will arrest surface decay. It is great for both spectrums of the population, the younger, the little younger kids that you may have difficulty fixing cavities, or the other spectrum, the the population that may be in an assisted living that can't get any place. You can paint this on their teeth; it'll arrest the decay. It'll help. It'll help them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it it's unsightly, but it uh, it really helps. So fluoride's good for the teeth. What's the source of the concern about fluoride? Like, is it poisonous well, to the rest of the body if you ingest uh, too much of it, or what? Well, so the ideal fluoride, depending on your... In, in the water, is one part per million. Mm-hmm. So just like anything else, you know, if you have too many donuts, you're going to have be, be sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's if you do it, the way it's been uh, researched, there should not be a problem. And that's uh, applying fluoride directly to teeth and not... Yeah, well, the the systemic fluoride is a little pill, or, a, or they used to put it in the polybifluor vitamins that little kids used to get. Um, you, the topical one that's done on your teeth at the dentist is not ingested, it's just placed on the teeth 
Is it harmful to, to eat your fish. toothpaste? If you if you swallow your toothpaste instead of rinsing and spitting it out, is there any health concern there? Uh, not enough to make any anything. If I can make a re- recommendation, when you when you brush, just spit out the excess, but don't rinse your mouth of the toothpaste unless you're going to be out and about. And you don't want to have toothpaste ring on your mouth, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you leave it there, it leaves the fluoride there longer. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Yeah. So brush your teeth, spit it out, but then don't rinse. Rinse it off. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And, and just what's the source of fluoride? Like, how did people discover, hey, fluoride's good for our teeth? Where did they notice that? No clue. That? <laughs> uh, you know, they, they probably at some point were able to analyze the uh, the elements and teeth, and but I, I really don't know what the history of it is. But if okay. you, if what's fascinating, if you look at different water systems, uh, you'll find some are much more fluoridated than others. And just as a little aside, El Paso, Texas has very little uh, bipolar disease. Guess what's in their water? They have the highest lithium level in their water. Really? Any 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 city in the United States. So uh, what? I mean, maybe uh, none of us putting below Florida and the water would be okay. Well, yes. my question there is, if either of you know, um, especially you, Doctor Ortega, what what's the source of putting fluoride in drinking water? Where did that conclusion come to? You know, what, where did people arrive at that conclusion? Like, hey, fluoride in the drinking water, we're finding out this is a, a good thing for the population or you something. No, I, I should know that, Cobb, and I don't. I'm you know, sorry. But God. really, it's been a 100 years. It was started in the Midwest somewhere. But you can't go to L.A. or any big city in California now and not find fluoridated water. Absolutely. I grew up with fluoridated water. Cause I imagine that's costly, so that somewhere along the line, someone realize this must be good as a population-wide thing it, and it, we it just isn't costly know. it's pennies it's pennies it's cheap it's cheap interesting it's all a political discussion thing okay. if hillsburg's had it for 50 years and they have they have a lot better uh tooth uh, dental problems than we do in ukiah and their children yeah 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 so that's that's pretty much the full spectrum. Is that the full spectrum? I mean, we didn't touch on nutrition, but that's obvious for all of our body is, you know, good nutrition. We talk about that a lot on this program, and we spent a while just going over uh, healthy prevention habits for our mouths. And before I interrupted with kind of starting us there, uh, you're going to talk about other dental treatments and, you know, what happens in our mouth and stuff like that, as I recall. And you're going to ask about meth mouth. But I'd like just to, to take some phone calls now. Yeah, yeah, we can open up those lines. We'll try our best good here. Time, but I'd like to take some phone calls for Dr. Ortega, 462-3875, 462-3875. Dr. Ortega is a local dentist, and Yukai has been nice enough to come to the show. So, um... And that number you just gave out, that's Dr. Ortega's office number? Can you say it one more time? uh, 462-3875. It's Mendo Smiles. Okay, got it. So, listeners, if you want to call into the Mind Body Health Show today uh, with your questions... 
for Dr. Ortega regarding dental care. Um, the number to call is 707-895-2448, and we'll do our best to get you on the air with our questions. And right off the bat, we've got some folks calling in here, so let's try them out. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, yeah, I just heard um, the doctor say something about um, not rinsing the toothpaste out of your mouth, but my hygienist recommends... Uh, hydrogen peroxide so could you just spend a moment uh pros and cons uh mouthwash versus uh, hydrogen peroxide thank you question i've never heard of that one well hydrogen peroxide is uh we we since covid we have had our patients do a pre-rinse with dilute hydrogen peroxide um to decrease the microbial load in the mouth before we do the cleaning um Peroxide is good. It should be diluted, though, uh, because it can, uh, full strength, the 3%, or sometimes you find it in 12%, is a little bit too strong for the mouth, and it can irritate the mouth. Um, so, so like a regular bottle of first aid peroxide, is that too strong as is? That, if you look at it, yes. I believe it's 3%, and yes. it's too strong. Okay. So, so we have another question. Well, how do our listeners go about diluting and using peroxide? Uh, half, if, if it's if it's three percent, you want one to one and a half percent. So di- cut it in half with water. Got it. A little bit more than that, half. All right, you ready for another caller question? Sure. All right, welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Is this me? Yeah, you're that you're there. You're with us. Go ahead with your question. Thanks for calling. Okay, um, this is Julie Beardsley with Public Health, and I do a lot of the data for the county. And one thing I see is that there are a lot of people who come into the ERs in our hospitals for dental care and for dental pain and other problems and infections. And you know, we've got to get more dentists in this county, and we've got to get more access to dental care. It's just so important, and it really has such an, an important effect on your health. And you know, I mean, it's really expensive when you go to the ER. So um, you know, I just wanted to make that comment, and thank you for this program. Um, this is great. So well, nice thank you for listening. Uh, and it's a big problem. I, you're absolutely right. Access to care, more dentists, the uh, pediatric dentists, it's a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, could you touch on that? Dental care, you know, just my kind of basic understanding is it's associated with being fairly expensive and often not something easily covered by insurance or it requires a separate insurance plan. I'm going to interrupt and just say it is amazing how much equipment, training, and personnel there are in a dental office. Yeah. It is a breeze doing primary care as a, you know, an internist versus dental care. But now you can go. Yeah. (laughs) It is. I'm I'm sorry, Cobb. Can you repeat the question? Uh, Yeah, no problem. We're blasting at all sorts of stuff. I'm just wondering what you know about access to dental care as far as um, my perception, you know, in the past as somebody, you know, I'm playing the, the role of the potential public that just doesn't know it's what, but it's like dental care requires a separate insurance plan or it's often not covered or 
if you're paying out of pocket, it's extremely expensive. And well, is, well, we're gonna go back up to the first thing. Prevention is the least costly and the right. best. So if you can prevent it, which would be routine exams, cleanings, catch things early, that kind of stuff, it is it is much better, less mm-hmm. costly, quicker, uh, the whole deal. Um, there is a serious, in this county, a serious access to care for pediatric dentistry. There are no pediatric dentists. There might be a part-time one here in town. And I say might because he was here and then he wasn't. So really, the closest pediatric dentist is in Windsor. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a real problem. It's just a real problem. Pediatric, it is the largest dental caries, which is what we most commonly see as the dental problem in children, um, is the largest unmet need, really not just in this county, but it's in the United States and probably world worldwide. Wow, that's really compelling to hear uh, to me. And it's preventable. That's the scary part of it. Yeah. This is, this is my bias toward fluoridating the water to do something to try to stop the tidal wave of, of pediatric problems. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just, and it's just not going to get easier. Uh, and uh, the thing about dental insurance is it, when you think of dental insurance, you think of it the same as medical insurance. Dental insurance is not the same. It is a typically a yearly monetary benefit that the individual has um so it's more more often capped uh there are literally thousands of plans that have different variations exclusions things covered different Mm -hmm. percentages so it's a it's a very windy trail to get through the dental insurance uh road um but but all the all the dental offices know how to deal with it because they have to uh but it's uh it can be very confusing Mm -hmm. i'll I'll make a pitch for hsas Mm -hmm. and you can put money into an hsa health um something health savings savings account. account health savings account and you don't have to pay taxes on the money and then you have this little bank account with money in it for health problems that you can use, um, and you haven't had paid taxes on it. Assuming you got money to put into one. Uh, we have a listener, hopefully, who's continued waiting for their question. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Thanks for waiting, and go ahead with your question. Hi, is that me? Yeah, thanks for holding for us. Hi. My hi. father was a hi, my father was a dental oral surgeon at uh, University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston, retired from there. Oh, that's where and I was born. On, <laughs> I love that city. Um, I delivered on Labor Day this last Labor Day 2022 at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, Saturday, I delivered my own molar, M-O-L-A-R. <laughs> it came out. Was it a boy or a girl? And 
<laughs> That's a good one. It was a, a hard one. Uh, it was fortunately, I, fortunately, I was okay. Uh, just from, you know, I, I applied pressure. Uh, there was nobody there except, you know, go to the emergency room, but I didn't want to go there. And, uh, and fortunately, within, you know, minutes, it was okay. But my question is, knowing all of the consequences that you've talked about for an hour, and that's just enumerating a few, knowing all of the consequences of poor oral hygiene then, how can medicine continue to be for profit? I mean, between waiting, you know, the waiting period for the insurance to go through, uh, getting an appointment with a specialist, it, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous what we should we, we should do a show on that started. because Canada spends half the money we do on medical care. But right now we're going to go back to dentistry and Dr. Ortega. But I agree with you about having you know, not having for profit medicine for a lot of things. Along a similar line, uh, it would be it would be really nice to have Medicare include dentistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of it, because because we're retired doesn't mean our teeth go away. Mm-hmm. All right, we have another question. Are you ready? Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Hi, um, I was wondering. You said the dentist had said that you're supposed to brush your teeth twice a day. What? When should you brush your teeth twice a day? Um. So. In the in the morning, um, you can have your breakfast. Then brush. You can brush first, but uh, if you have your breakfast and then you're going to get whatever you had for your breakfast off, brush. Then go about your day, and you should brush before you go to bed. Make sure that you don't have any food, any of that bacteria just sitting there on your teeth all night long, making acid and causing problems and multiplying. Okay, thanks. We got another caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. I'm calling to to emphasize the importance of avoiding sodas and sweet fruit juices. I'm Absolutely. That, that hasn't been mentioned, but people drink lots of sodas, and that's a big source of dental caries. Well, there. So I, we really haven't touched about on the caries process. So I'm going to give you a, a, a sort of a quick and dirty. Uh, sure. So um, caries is the disease. Dental caries is the disease. Decay is the process of the acidic waste products of the bacteria rotting out or decaying the tooth. The result of the decay are cavities. These three terms, caries, cavities, decay, are often used uh, synonymously, but they're different steps of the of the process of the of the disease of dental caries um and the acidity part the bacteria produce an acid so the longer the plaque uh, in which the bacteria live is on your teeth the more they're creating uh 
an acidic, an acid, which eats up the teeth. Now, if you take a soda, oh, and the favorite food of the bacteria are carbohydrates, in particular sugars. So now you take a soda or an energy drink or a fruit juice, especially that when they're made of um, high fructose corn syrup as part of it. So what you're doing is you're feeding the bacteria so they can make more acid. And then if you look at the acids in a can of soda, you're adding acid to the acid to the acid to the acid. Same thing with uh, the uh, energy drinks. And they have some bad stuff for your heart in there that's not just bad for your teeth. Um, how, about, how about orange juice or, you know, very, like uh, very sweet. You're feeding it and it's acidic. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Ready for another question? Sure. Sure. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Um, my question uh, all this talk about acid and, and brushing our teeth, should we, if we're going to, brush our teeth after breakfast should we rinse our mouth to neutralize the uh ph before we brush um you can doesn't hurt but it i think we now we i i recommend rinsing after every meal even after you have like some coffee or a soda rinse with just regular water get at least uh some of that out of your mouth um so rinsing with water is great. It's, uh, I think that, um, you know, rinsing is fine. It's not, uh, you can pretty much do it anytime. My, my suggestion at the end was so that the fluoride would stay on your teeth longer. Um, obviously, sometimes we get the toothpaste ring around our lips, and we don't want to go out in public with that. So how, we have time for another how, question? Go yeah, on. but I, I have a quick one to add into Thanks. that. How effective is just regular water rinsing, and how effective is salt water rinsing in this spectrum of options that people well, have? Well, we, we recommend salt water rinsing uh, after a, a, a surgical process, just, you know, just because it helps the healing process. Uh, rinsing with just regular water after you eat something sweet or, or uh, acidic would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think the important message here is to have a habit. Every day before I leave the house, I um, brush my teeth, mm-hmm. and I sit down and I stretch my hamstrings while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So I know that sounds weird, but um, um, what, yeah, you know, there's a habit to it that you have to have. Could you talk about electric toothbrushes versus air, or you know, the regular? So, uh, in the last several years, there's been a lot of advances in uh, electric toothbrushes. Uh, My personal, and this is not a plug, I don't sell Sonicare, I just feel they're the best. Sonicare, S-O-N-I-C-A-R-E, they um, vibrate and they use sound waves to help knock the plaque off in addition to the physical uh, movements of the bristles of the brush. Um, They are the most efficient brush. They have a slim, long, tapered head so you can reach, get into the back 
the newer sonic hairs have about 80 percent less vibration than the earlier ones that was sort of the big knock with them people just didn't like the vibration they are very efficient they are very effective especially in uh, certain patient groups where uh holding if you've got arthritis or some other issues where it's hard to to hold a brush the mechanical brushes are wonderful and water picks water picks are great um they're messy but they're great uh make sure that the direction of the water is horizontal don't shoot anything down or up into the gums we're near the end Cobb. we are we're coming right up on the end we've had lots of folks calling in we've got people uh trying to call in and holding and and we're running out of time in that regard so i think what we're finding out is how interesting this subject is and how much more there is to cover gosh i i definitely hope we can get dr ortega on again or you know more dentistry involved in this sounds like a very important subject i would just like to thank dr ortega 462-3875. That's and, his office number, correct? And, yes. Okay. And for people to realize how important KZOAX is to the community, and please support KZOAX. Yeah, you can do that by going to kzox.org. It is our silent drive right now, and there's an easy way to support there. Having said that, we're coming up on our end. Thanks, Dr. Marvin Trotter, and thanks, Dr. Ortega. Thank you. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.